You know, I was just studying, you know, if you, if you read through the New Testament, one thing you can discover is that uh, you'll not find in the Bible Easter. <laughs> Neither did you ever find him preaching an Easter sermon. Shocked to many of you. The reality is, is that, you know, we, we, it's amazing how in the church we develop traditions. I believe that's good tradition. But, you know, it's amazing the early church, they didn't wait for once a year to celebrate resurrection. They lived resurrected lives every day of the year. And I believe it's the same, you know, it's amazing how we can get caught up in traditions because most people celebrate Easter once a year, but how many know God fully intended us to live the resurrected life every day of the year. So does anybody today, you living because of Jesus living on, you don't have to wait till Easter Sunday. How many know he's alive and you can live it every day? So I want to read a verse of scripture this morning. I'm not going to be long. I'm going to read two verses of scripture. If you have your Bible, turn with me in Acts, the book of Acts, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 32 and 33. I want to title this, giving witness of the resurrection or being a witness of the resurrection. I believe that the greatest need in our world today is for Christians who live lives that testify that he is alive. I was thinking today, you know, if every church in our community was, was filled today, still more than 75% of the people would not be even reach or not hear the message. But you know, the good news is that when you go in your workplace, when you go in your home, when you go in your community, uh, you and I have the opportunity to live such a life that they cannot deny that he is alive. In Acts chapter 40, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and 33, here's our text. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And here's our text, verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Just to give you a little context to these verses, um, Luke begins to describe the, the conduct and the attitude of the early Christians and what kind of life they live. And he began another, they were, they were giving of one another, they were sacrificing their lives on behalf of one another, they were sharing with one another. And right in the middle of that, he begins to say how that in the middle of it, their lives, with great power, they gave witness of the resurrection. In other words, as the outside world saw these believers their sacrifice, their generosity, their care for one another. How many you know their very lives gave testimony that Jesus was alive? This example was made so real to me recently. I just preached a funeral service, and uh, um, as we were walking out, one of the young men who I could hardly recognize came up to me, and he said, Neil, I... I know you, 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 you probably don't remember, but uh, 
he went on to say how 10 years ago, you walked in a prison cell. I'd been on crack cocaine for probably 30-something years. He looked at two. He said, to share the message of the gospel. He said, as a result of that, he said, I, I, he, I didn't know he moved out of town. But he gave his life to Jesus. He said, I'm here today. He said, I've been clean for 10 years. He said, I'm married. God has turned my life around. Come on, let's thank God for that. Listen to me. Here's the reality. I didn't have to wonder if Jesus was alive. His very life testified that there was a risen Savior. He was a person who was once dead in sin. But I want you to know because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only was he delivered, not only was he made alive in Christ, but now he was 10 years clean serving God, and his life is still testifying of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody give God praise. See, that's what God intended for every one of our lives. I'm convinced that the greatest need today in our world is for people to give witness of a resurrection. The word witness means a person who sees an event, who gives evidence or proof. I like this version. It says, having a knowledge from personal observation and experience. You know, I want to ask you and I a question. Uh, when the world look at your life, can they look at and, and does your life give witness of the resurrection because of personal knowledge, because of proof, because of as they examine our lives, do they look at our lives and see uh, the power of God in a, the, the demonstration of a resurrection? You know, that's what happened. The, the, the early church was right in the middle of a cynical world who doubted. They even fabricated lies that they came and stole the body of Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that when Peter and, uh, and John touched the lame man who the, he said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have we give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. I want you to know, listen to me, when they all was wondering, how did this lame man become, all of a sudden begin to walk? Uh, Peter and John said, why do you look at us as though of our own power we did this? He said, the same Jesus. Say the same Jesus. The same Jesus who you crucified is the same Jesus who God has raised up and has power in that name that has made him whole. I want you to know that people ought to look at our lives and say, there's power because that power in our lives, that same power has made us whole. Anybody here can testify that Jesus has made you whole. Come on, give God some prayer. I want you to know he's alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. We live in a cynical world much like the first century. We have more people than ever before who doubt, question Christianity. Nominal Christianity or, or cultural Christianity is dead. Today, we got thousands. It is estimated there's 10 million people who walked away from the church not to return. I want you to know they need to see a demonstration that demands an explanation. Can I have an amen? And so I want to talk to you this morning about how you and I can live lives that give witness of the resurrection. So if they never walk in our church door, 
if they never attend our services, how many know your life can be the same as the early church, that with great power you give witness of the resurrection. How many of you want to be a witness this morning? Amen. I want, I want to say that is the greatest need in our day to day. And so I want to talk to you on this Easter Sunday how you and I can be witnesses of the resurrection. The first thing that you and I, if we're going to be witnesses of the resurrection, we must first be willing to embrace a crucified life. It got real quiet in here. Someone said this way, the easy part, how many know the easy part of Christianity is getting saved. The hard part of about Christianity is denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24, he said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be his disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. I want you to know that, listen, to understand the context of this, Jesus had just asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And uh, Peter, under the unction or under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not tell that to you, Peter, but my, fa but, but my Father in heaven revealed that to you. And then he began to tell his disciples how he must suffer and die. And guess what Peter began to do? Imagine that. Peter began to rebuke Jesus. Not you, Lord. And isn't that true of our lives? We all like the joy of resurrection, but I'm, you know, we don't like the, the cross and the experiencing dying to ourselves. Not, not you know, what it means to, to give up our lives. So the, the word to, to lose our life means to not to cling to. You know, when we hold on to our lives, when we grasp, hoard, when we want to say, what's in it for me? How I many are we living for ourselves? But Jesus said, if any man come after me, he must lose his life. He must disregard. He must give up his rights. Let me give you an example of how, you know, because it's not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. Last Sunday after church, we had a wonderful time and a glorious time and had a great meal. And after all the kids that went home, uh, I was tired and uh, sitting down just chilling. And my wife said, Neil, you know, I'm, I would so appreciate if you'd go make me some hot tea and... Uh, Now, I want to tell you, I failed the test. I said, baby, I've been preaching all day. I'm so tired. You go do it yourself. <laughs> there was no resurrection that night. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to let that preach all by itself. <laughs> the reality, listen to me, we're living in a world that the world need to see a demonstration. They need to see lives that no longer live for themselves. You know, it's easy to talk resurrection. How many know, but it's a whole nother thing to live. Listen, if we, there's no resurrection unless there's first a crucifixion. Resurrection means to raise that which is dead. And I want you to know, if we're going to experience God's resurrected life, we got to die to our old life. We got to die to our selfish life. We got to die to our carnal life. Can I have an amen? 
The Christian life is a paradox. A paradox means a contradiction. It means, you know, in God's kingdom, the way to gain is to lose. The way to live is to die. The way to receive is to give. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. But in the, in the kingdom of God, God says, if you want to experience resurrection life, you got to first be willing to die to yourself. You got to be willing to take up your cross. I want to tell you, I believe that this is the greatest problem with modern Christianity is our unwillingness to embrace a cross. I believe that one of the reasons why so many young people today are turned off to the gospel that we talk about is because they haven't seen it demonstrated sometime in our lives. I'll tell you a true story. Years ago, there was a young man whose family attended our church. And I remember clearly we one altar call. He came with tears in his eyes, young teenage young man, crying, said, Pastor, would you pray for my family? My mom and dad are not getting along in there wanting to divorce. And with tears in his eyes, I said, let's, let's pray that God will heal their, your, your parents' marriage. Here, here's the reality. You know what? They didn't, they didn't want to work it out. They didn't want to work things to God. I want to tell you the number one reason why we see so many homes broken today is the word selfishness. Got real quiet in here. And then we wonder why we don't see no power. Here's the reality. And it still breaks my heart. That family split up, and that young man walked away from the Lord. He reasoned, if, if my parents who say they believe in Christ are unwilling to sacrifice themselves, why should I? And I believe that if we want to see a world, if we want to win a world, then our lives must give witness. Listen, I, I, I believe that once we come to Christ, there ought to be a, a willingness to de deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Can I? It's no longer our will, but thy will be done. Can I have an amen? Paul said it this way. Listen to what he said. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. And I, it is no longer I who live. Look at somebody. Say, it's no longer I who live. That's the problem in this selfish, self-centered world. We still want to live for I. But when you come to Christ, if you're going to live the resurrected life, you got to die to the I and give place to the one who died for you. Can I have an amen? The Bible says, in that he died, he died so that we who live would no longer live for ourselves. How many know when Christ died, you died? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Listen, the life I now live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How many know it's a daily decision? Look at somebody and say it's a daily decision. 
That's why Luke's account say, listen, unless we take up our cross daily, say daily. And listen, if we're going to live resurrected lives, it is a daily decision. Listen, I'm not saying we get it all right all the time, but I want you to know, if the world is going to see a witness, if we're going to give a powerful witness of the resurrection, they got to see it in us. They got to see that we're willing to die to what we want, die to our plan, die to our, our way, and say, God, not my way, but your way be done. Can I have an amen? I believe we'll have more resurrection in our home if we'll start dying to ourselves. Can I have an amen? It's not just in our homes. It's in our workplace. It's in everywhere we go. The Christian life, the, the central focus of the Christian life is the cross. Brother Clarence, we're going to put a cross back up here. Come on, somebody give him a... Clarence been reminded that we, we you know... Because the central focus of the Christian life is the cross. Say the cross. You know, we got to get back to some of those old songs. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, where the burden of my sin rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. I want you to know, there's no, cru no resurrection unless there's first a crucifixion. Everybody who's ever been delivered has to come to the place where they say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Anybody came to that place where you say, God, no longer my will. Listen to me. You'll never experience resurrection in your life till you first come to a place. You got to die to your pride. You got to die to your way. You got to die to your plan. And it's when you die, that's when Christ lives. Can I have an amen? Come on, give God some praise for resurrection life. Great power is because they live lives that testify. They were willing to deny themselves. They're willing to take up their cross. They were willing to lose their life for Christ's sake. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 4.10. He said, we carry in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. He said in Philippians, he said, I want to know him. How many want to know him? See, we stopped there. He said, but I want to know. He said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. But then he goes and say, and the fellowship of his suffering. I want you to know that a lot of times we want the resurrection side, but we don't want to experience any hardship. We don't want to go through any difficulty. We don't want to go through no, no, no crucifixion. Can I have an amen? Nothing will crucify you like relationships. Can I have an amen? Anybody discovered that? How many will testify? We got one. We got one witness over here. Come on. Anybody else will testify? Now listen to me. If you if you are self, you don't want to die to self. Please don't get married. All the married folks ought to shout, "Amen." Because marriage is a death to self. You can't do what you want to do anymore. Listen, you can't continue to do it and keep your marriage. And the reason why we have so many homes that are messed because we have so many people who are unwilling to die to themselves. But I mean, you know, when we die, then Christ lives. Come on. It's not dying for the sake of dying. It's dying so he can live. How many want, want, more, want more of Christ? If you want more of Jesus, then you got to let you let more of you deep decrease. The more you decrease, the more he increase. The more you give up your life, the more you experience the life of Christ. I want you to know that we sung that song, victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to me. I want you to know if you're living a crucified life, then you're also living a victorious life. Anybody you got some victory in here this morning? 
And that's what the world is longing for. They're looking for men and women who say, God, listen to me. I, I, I want to tell you, you can't do this in your own strength. That's why Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come on. You know that word witness there in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is, the, is where we get the English word martyr. God said, I'm going to give you power to die. I'm going to give you power to say no to yourself. I'm going to give you power to, when you want to promote yourself, I'm going to give you power to deny yourself. When you, when you don't feel like getting up and, and fixing some tea, I'm going to give you power to do it. <laughs> Say, help us, Lord. How many you need more power in your life? I don't know about you. I need more of his power because I tell you, sometimes I fail the test. But the world needs to see the resurrected power. And resurrection comes when we're willing to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Jesus fully intended you and I to live lives full of his power. But it's only when we're willing to embrace his cross and his, his death that we'll experience his resurrection. Can I have an amen? Secondly, if we're going to live lives that give witness of the resurrection we're going to have to commit to radically, say radically, loving one another. Now, I, I put that there because, you know, that sounds so simple. But how many know it ain't simple? It sounds so, it's simple to talk about. I was just thinking, I, I, and I, I almost, but isn't it amazing how we could have Christians who live next door to one another and don't speak to one another. You believe any, any neighbors going to believe that they saved? You believe that any neighbor? See, it takes, it takes a God to be able to make us be able to love one another in spite of one another. Jesus said in John 13, 34, it's on your handout, a new command I give you, love one another. Now, that's why we, we stop there, but we forget to read the, what, it, what the rest of it says. Love one another how? How? Come on, how, how, how do we love one another? How did God love us? He didn't, he didn't want to go to the cross. He said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup go from me. God, if there's, a, if there's a, a, a shortcut, God, if there's another way, God, please let it happen. But nevertheless, not what I want, but Lord, what you want. And I want you to know if we're going to love the way Jesus loved, it's a love of, that calls us to sacrifice. It's a love that calls us to, to, to love people who are difficult. We give witness of the resurrection when we radically love people who are difficult and different from us. See, anybody can like people like you. Think of it. Democrats love Democrats. Republicans love Republicans. We got a whole society that's divided. You know, it, it's, it's, so, it's such a tragedy when our world look at us. We got people naming the name of Christ and they talking. And the God you talk about says is a God of love. And, he call, and, he, and you can't get along and you hating one another. Then I don't want to serve that kind of God. It's the same way in our, in our world when it comes to the issue of race. 
and culture. Isn't it amazing how we say we love God and yet we have such hostility among the races? I want you to know the most integrated place ought to be the body of Christ. Can I have an amen? The place where there ought to be the greatest demonstration of love ought to be the body of Christ. I believe the only cure, the only cure to the brokenness, the division in our nation is the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. The only way they're going to see that is when they see it in us. When they begin to see us loving people regardless of what's your background, regardless of what's your hang-up, your habit, I don't care what you've done. The Bible says that, listen, by this shall all men know you're my disciples because of what? Oh, it got quiet in here. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I've loved you. You must, so you must love one another. By this will all men know you are my disciples because you have loved one for another. You know, I was reading the book of Acts, and I was just taking note because if you read the book of Acts, you'll notice that there, there was not one real sermon uh, most of the sermons that came about came as they demonstrated their love one for another. And people wanted to know, well, what is it? What causing you to do this? What causing you to live like that? And they were able to say that it's because of this Jesus. The only way you can live like that is because of Jesus living on the inside of you. I mean, the only way you can love people who dislike you, it got to be a God on the inside. The only way you can love people who hate you, it got to be something greater than you. How I many know it got to be the Holy Ghost of God? And the Bible says, God has shared abroad his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I want you to know, that's why it's not a one-time thing. It ought to be an ongoing thing. We ought to continually, and this is what happened in the early church. The Bible says, and all the believers of, were of one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any possession was his own, but they shared everything they had. Listen what happened as a result of the resurrection power of Jesus. First of all, their love was marked by unity, and secondly, generosity. I want to just talk about those first two things. A love that's marked by unity and generosity. First, they saw that they were living in harmony one with another. I want you to know it has to be God for us to get along. How many have discovered that? There is no perfect people, no perfect church, no perfect member. So many people join the church, they might think I'm the best thing to sell sliced bread until I got to correct you. That I'm the worst thing, <laughs> I'm like burnt toes then, amen. <laughs> I'm history. The reality is, how I many know there's no perfect pastor? There's only one perfect one, his name is Jesus, can I have an Amen. And the only way we get a chance to demonstrate this resurrection love is because Jesus said, listen to what he told on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. He said, listen, he said, if you love those who just love you, anybody can do that. He said, don't the world do that? He said, but I say, love those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. See, that's when, that's when people know it got to be God kind of love. When somebody slap you, you don't slap back. How many know it got to be God? 
When somebody cuss you and you don't cuss back, oh, it got to be God. Somebody testified here. How many discovered you can't do it in your own strength? Somebody ever crossed you? Somebody ever lied on you? Somebody ever betrayed you? How many know uh, that is the test for your, let's see if you got any resurrection life on the inside of you. That's when you find out if you got the real thing. When people cross you, good seeing you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to know, listen to me. One of the devil's primary weapons is to keep us divided and walking in division and disunity because there is a, there is a power released on unity. There is a blessing released on unity. Listen to what it says in Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Unity brings the blessing of God. It goes on in, in verse 3. It says, for there God commands the blessing. How many of you want to see greater blessing on your life? Come on, how many of you want to see greater blessing? Uh, how many of you want greater blessing on your business? How many of you want greater blessing? I want you to know, listen to me. If you and I could understand, I, I, I've learned, and I learned this a long time ago. There was a time we would argue every, every Sunday morning coming to church. Anybody else besides <laughs> my wife said it wasn't just Sunday morning <laughs> it was every morning and I want you to know it's amazing you know I was involved in prison ministry I was involved in street witnessing I was involved in all kinds of ministry you know it's amazing you can, you can say a whole lot but I mean you know people would much rather see a sermon than hear one any day and I've learned that words is power. And you can preach as loud as you want, but if there's no power, say power. And a lot of people, you can preach loud, but if there's no power backing it up, it's just words. But it's amazing when we begin to start walking together in unity, when we begin to start praying one for another, when we begin to start protecting the unity. I want you to know, not only they brought a greater blessing, how many brought a greater power? And unity releases the power of God. Unity releases the anointing of God. It goes on to say it's like the anointing oil that came down Aaron's bed. How many want a greater anointing? There's a greater anointing. Let me just tell you, anointing flows when there's unity. And when you and I begin to walk in unity, the secret to the power of the early church was the fact that they were in one accord and one mind. Imagine Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, uh, the wise and the unwise. I imagine they, they were made up all kinds. You know, this was so radical in the early church that, that the fact that there were people from different races, different cultures, different socioeconomic, and they came together and they were one. They were willing to give up themselves. L listen to me. Here's the next part of that verse it was not just unity but it was generosity it said generosity and the bible said but they shared everything that they had y'all want to get saint john's attention today y'all want to let them know if god is really real <laughs> listen to listen what happened generosity that the, their generosity was so widespread that among these believers 
in Jerusalem, the Bible said there was no needy among them. In other words, they wiped out poverty in their community. The gospel that is the real gospel, it has to affect the world around us. The gospel that is the real gospel, it, it changed the culture. Imagine, imagine what would happen if, if because of God doing such a work in our heart. It, it has to be God for us to, to, to touch our heart in such a way that it begin to untie our purse strings. And when, the God, when God get a hold of a person's heart, how many know, then, and when, when he's really Lord, and when he really, when that resurrection life is living on the inside, how many it begins to transform? It not only causes us to live in unity, but it begins to cause us to live generously. Can I have an amen? The secret to the power of the early church and why they had great grace is, was because of their generosity towards one another. The Bible, any person among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to everyone who had a need. Y'all believe that God can do it again? Y'all believe he wants to do it again? You believe he wants to use you to do it again? <laughs> well, I want to tell you, if we're going to see the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, if we're going to give witness to a world that needs to see him, then that love the love of God has to cause a, a unity and a generosity that causes the world to take note. And last, last point as I close. If we are going to give witness of the resurrection, we must proclaim the message of life to a dying world. Christianity is not about the fact that he died. The fact that he got up from the grave. Anybody can die. But only one rose from the grave. And resurrection power. Hear me. Resurrection power is best seen. When, where things have died. Like Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. It's easy to talk about. But we, but we must be willing to act on it. The purpose of the resurrection was to give life to dead things. We must be willing to go into the graveyards of life. We are where, where people are dead in sin, dead in trespasses, where people are hopeless, where they're lifeless, where they're addicted, and let them know that there's power that can bring you out of your situation. Romans 4, 17 says, The God who gives life to the dead and call those things that are not as though they were. Can I have an Amen. Let me just tell you how it's easy to talk about it. It's a whole other thing to act on it. This happened in my life as an early Christian. I don't mind telling. I, there was a young man in my community. And uh, I was, at the time, I was reading a book on deliverance and the power of God and, and the power to cast out devils and see people set free and the people get healed. And man, he was fascinated. He said, Neil, you, you really believe that's for today? I said, yeah. Uh, the Bible said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe it's for today? Well, guess what happened? Unbeknownst to me, his, his mother was demon oppressed. And one day he came in a panic and he said, Neil, listen, you, you say you believe in the power of God. You believe in getting people healed. Man, listen, something wrong with my mama. Can, can you come home with me? 
Oh, how many of you know? It's, always, it's easy to talk about resurrection. <laughs> now listen to me. It's a whole other thing to act on it. I was a young believer. I'm going to be honest. I was afraid. But you know what? I didn't know one thing. I knew my mama knew how to cast out devils. <laughs> and so I say, Mama, listen. So and so wanted me to come to his house. Would you come with me? And I tell you, we walked in this house. God is my witness. And this woman's eyes was rolled back in her head. All you saw is the white of her eyes. It had a demonic trance. Secondly, it was dark in there. I don't know why it had to. <laughs> I said, why? In the light. Why did it got to be in the dark? God help me. You see, it's easy to talk about I believe in the resurrection power. But I mean, you know, when we're faced with situations that seem hopeless, when we're faced with situations that's under the power of the devil, they need the power of God. And I'm telling you, I'm grateful. I'm grateful my mother was with me. I was a young believer. And my mother walked up to that lady and said, oh, no devil. I'm telling you right, you got to come out of her. And I want you to, she began to do spiritual warfare. And I mean, she began to call those devils to come, to come out of that lady. And I want you to, that lady set up in her right mind. She ain't know what happened. Her eyes rolled back in her head and she was delivered and set free. Come on, somebody, give me. And so it taught me. I'm glad. You know, aren't you glad that God forget? You know, my first experience with, 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 with demonic powers, I'm glad somebody who knew how to cast out devils was there. But I want you to know that the same power, say the same power. Same power. I, I'm going to read it to you. Romans 8, 11. Listen, the Spirit of God. Come on, read it out loud. Let's read it together. Let's read it out loud. Come on. Say the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead who he lives in. I said, who he lives in. I know he lives in me. I said, but who does he live in you? Listen, let's say the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Listen, and listen, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living where? He says in me. See, once you begin to get a revelation that he's in you, that you have the same power. See, it's not of your power, it's his power. Jesus said, the same works I do, you shall do also. See, we got a generation that like to talk about power. They like to talk. That's why I call them false witnesses. We need some real witnesses. You see, anybody can talk. But I, got it. I want somebody who got an experience. I want somebody who, 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 who can personally testify. I know that the same spirit that raised Christ, he lives in me, and he will still raise the dead. He'll still cast out devils. He'll still deliver the drug addict. He'll still make the harlot pure. He'll, how many, his power still work. Can I have an amen? But I want you to know that, listen, resurrection. See, we all want to see a resurrection. But nobody want to deal with the dead. Nobody want to deal with the dead things in life. Nobody, listen, I'm, I, I want to make it personal as I close. Listen to me. It's so fun, and it's, it, we like the idea of Easter. But I want you to know, what about your own personal life? What is dead in your life that God want to resurrect? 
what circumstance in your family that God wants to resurrect. See, it is so easy to talk about power and resurrection, but what does God want to do in your life? See, sometimes it might be a dead relationship. I, it's amazing. You know, I remember so, being so discouraged. There was a man of God who was a powerful teacher in the Word of God, used my life God, attended here for a short time. And he come sit in my office one day. He said, well, you know, uh, me and my wife, we no longer get, we, we get in a divorce because we no longer compatible. I said, what? No longer compatible. I said, well, listen, that was the case. Me and my wife would have divorced a hundred times. We, 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 we certainly ain't compatible. We as different as night and day, as, as all in water. But he went on. And what discouraged me because he was a powerful teacher of the word of God. But he was justifying why I say. Isn't it sad you talk about the power, but you don't believe you don't have enough power to keep your marriage together? You don't have enough power to keep your family together? See, anybody can talk about power, but power works best among dead things. And if God can't raise your dead marriage, there ain't much power to it. If God can't raise that wayward son, if God can't, raise, can't turn that situation around, I want to tell you, there's a power that can work in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your children. I want you to know the same power. Say the same power. But it works best among dead things. And God wants to deal with the dead things. Listen to me, but I, but I want you to know, this is, God brought this revelation to me. You know, we, we're, we're like Mary and Martha. Jesus came to the, Lazar, to the tomb of Lazarus. <clears throat> and, and they're crying and, oh, if you'd only been here, God, my, bro my, my brother would still be alive. And Jesus said, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you would believe? You shall see the glory of God. And Jesus walks up to the tomb. Just like this is many of our dead things. And he said, roll away the stone. But this is many of our reaction. Oh, Lord, no, we can't do that. He's been dead four years. It's still stinking. Oh, God, I need you to do a work. Then let me stay in your marriage. Let me resurrect. Oh, no, God, you can't do this. It stinks. Oh, God, I believe you could do it. But we, we want resurrection, but we don't want to deal with the stain. I say we want resurrection, but we don't want to deal with the stank things in our lives. God is still saying, roll away the stone. But we like Mary, oh, God, please don't roll away the stone. Lord, Lord people are going to find out how it really is. I say, people, see, when they roll away the stone, they're going to see us how we really are. We don't want people to know that sometimes we just perpetrating. We don't want people to know that God, Lord, really, my, my, my life's a mess. My family's a mess. My marriage's a mess. God, I'm, I'm, I got a, 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 hidden, a, a secret a pornography addiction. Oh, God, we, God want to bring resurrection. But we don't want no people to know that we got some stuff in the, that, that God, we, 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 we got some stuff that's still stinking. But I'm going to say it again. Resurrection life works best among dead things. 
And until we're willing to bring our dead things to God, we'll never experience the life of God. Anybody here beside me still got some dead things that need to be made alive? Come on. Listen to me. I've learned, let me just tell you, that's why people who got tried and always worried about what people think never get free, never get delivered, never get set free. My wife shared how, you know, we, we were having so much problems, and, and some of the things was, wasn't just me. It was just some of the stuff she acknowledged was, was issues she was dealing with. And we was in a church service. That's why I believe in the supernatural power of God, because I believe, listen, you could do everything right and still have a mess. It takes a God to raise the dead. At your best, at my best, I can't raise a dead thing. Only God can raise the dead. And I want you to know, we came to a crossroads in our marriage that, listen, it was so bad. I recognize, listen, I was trying to do everything I can possibly do, and it was still bad. But I want you to know, we came to a service one night, and the Holy Ghost, listen to me. My wife got, came to a place where she was so, God, you got to do something. I'm a, I, I, I ought to need to let you chair it. But you want to tell it? And, and, and she came to a place in her life. Give me a mic. And, and this is God is our witness. She got, she wasn't, got to a place where she wasn't concerned. She said, I'm going to tell it. She, got, she wasn't concerned what people think. She was desperate. And I want to tell you, my, you know, my wife is a sophisticated antebellum uh, 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 southern belle. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about. Anybody know my wife? My wife's sophisticated. Thank you. She's sophisticated. But I want you to know how many of the Holy Ghost, sometimes he'll make you lose some of your sophistication. <laughs> when he roll away the stone, people see what it really is. But I want you to know, when, that's where God shows his power the greatest. And I'm, I'm going to let, I, I, I don't like to steal her thunder. I like to share her tell it a little bit. But I want you to know God did something that night. That's been, she's been having life ever since. Come on, Amen. go on, Jen. You were doing a great job, though. I was doing a great job. <laughs> Amen. I did. I came to a place that I was so desperate. You ever feel like all your problems just came down on you? All your issues, all your situations, and I could no longer deal with it. I can no longer deal with the hurt from the past. I can no longer deal with the torment of the enemy. I can no longer deal with the situations that the devil was constantly telling me, you can't do it, you're nothing, you're not worthy, and all of those things. And seemingly, my life added up to that. It's like, see, you've made a mess of this, you've made a mess of that. It's like, oh, God. And I begin to cry out. And I begin to cry out. And I began to cry out, and I was embarrassed, and I was tired of going up to the altar, going up to the altar, going up to the altar, and seemingly nothing was happening. But God does. He works in the midst of dead things because in my mind I couldn't see it, but God was working. He was calling me, come again, come again, come again. Begin to empty yourself. Begin to desire more. And I began to come to that altar, and finally one day God Late, actually, man didn't even lay hands on me. I was at the altar, but before the pastor got to me, I was just slain in the spirit. And I lay there, and I heard somebody crying loud, and I said, who is crying so loud? And I tried to get up, and I looked around, and I realized that that was me, just weeping and crying out to the Lord. And through my tears, deliverance came. 
God began to redeem something. God turned the low self-esteem. God gave me back again my self-esteem. God began to work on the inside of me and says, yes, you can. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you can be the mother that I'm calling you be. Yes, you can be the wife that I'm calling you to be. Yes, you can be that mighty woman of God. Yes, you can do goodness and Come grace. You will get through it. Yes. And through the strength yes. of the Holy Spirit, I'm yes. still walking in the goodness and Come grace on, of the Jesus. Lord. Come on. Oh, come on, listen to me, listen to me. On this Easter Sunday, the Lord wanted me to remind he's still in the business of raising, raising the dead. He's still in the business of calling those things that are not as though they are. He's still in the business of speaking life. Let me just tell you, you got to speak life to your situation. And I want to, I'm, I'm getting ready to call, have an altar call, but listen to me. I, I'm telling you, if you're worried about what people are going to think, if you're worried about what they're going to think when they roll away the stone, this ain't for you. But God is looking for people that say, listen, God, God, I don't care what it look like. I don't care what people think. God, I just want life. I just want to experience your life. I want your abundant life. See, when we come to that place where we want his life, life is manifested when we invite it. You got to speak his life. That's why we got to speak to the dead things in our life. I'm telling you, let me just tell you, that's why when we've had this dead situation, your dead situation could be a wayward child. Your dead situation could be a sickness. Your dead situation could be a broken marriage. Your dead situation could be your finances. I don't care what it is. He's still the God who raises up dead things. Can I have an Amen. And he speaks life to that which is dead. Let's bow our head in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. We're living in a time where we so need to see like the early church with great power, with great power, we give witness to the resurrection. Lord, we believe that you're the God who raises the dead. God, we believe that, God, your word says that, the, that when we come to Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ lives in us. But, Lord, if we're honest, sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes, Lord, we, we, we get comfortable with our dead things. Sometimes, Lord, we settle with living with that which is dead when you want to resurrect it and you want to get glory. And so I pray this morning, Lord God, all over this room, God, as you deal with every heart, you deal with every mind, you deal with every life, Lord, you know our lives. We can't hide it from you. Lord, we know, first of all, I want to speak to those today. If you're here, and the Bible said we were dead in sin and trespasses. Religion can't save you. It takes a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was a dead young man, dead in tradition, dead in church. Jesus Christ, but had no life because religion alone, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he wants a surrender. He doesn't want just your, your religion. He wants a surrender. He wants you to come to a place where you say, God, I give my life. I surrender to you. You'll not experience resurrection life till you first of all willing to embrace a crucified life. Lest you willing to come to the cross. Today, if you're here today and you say God is calling some of you to a cross today. Today, today, there's still life at the cross. 
There's still salvation at the cross. There's still deliverance at the cross. I want to speak to those of you today. And you, behind your pretty face, behind your pretty outfit, behind your pretty uh, all made up self, you would acknowledge, God, today I'm empty inside. God, today I don't have that life. But Lord, I want to experience your resurrected life. While heads are bowed and believers are praying. If that's you, I believe you can't come unless God drawing. If God is drawing you right now, I want to pray for you. If that's you today, you say, Pat, I want to experience that resurrection life. Would you slip your hand up right now all over this place? I want I see that hand, sir. I see that, I see that hand, sir. A anyone else? I see, anyone else? Come on, I see that hand, young lady. Anyone else? Church, pray. Come on, listen to me. If you're saying, listen, I'm hurting on the inside, the answer is Jesus. He knows, he knows the emptiness. If you're feeling rejected, sometimes we, we're looking for everything. People can never make you whole. Only Jesus can make you whole. He wants to come and give his life. He wants that life to be made, to, to fill you. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thank you, young lady. Anyone else say, today, today is the day of salvation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A anyone else? I'm just, if God is drawing you, listen, no one can come. If God is drawing you by his spirit, you say today, Pastor, I want Jesus to be Lord. I want to, his, I want to experience his resurrection life. I want him to make alive that which is a, I, I, I'm telling it happened in my life at 18 when I was a, a senior in high school, I was in church every Sunday, but that life, it was a when I realized I was dead in my sins, I needed God to give me a life. It was a relationship. When I surrendered my life to Him, He gave me a new life. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? I want to pray for you. This is what I want to ask you. The, the six of you that raised your hand, would you do me a favor? Would you just stand right where you are? I want to pray for you. All right way, all over this place. Come on, church. Let's thank God. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Come on. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Just say this prayer with me right now. Just say this prayer with me. Just say this prayer. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's others. You, you say, thank you, young lady. Thank you. Just say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through you. Today, Lord, I come to you just as I am. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I need your life. Come into my heart. Give me a new life. Make a lie every dead thing in my life in the name of Jesus Father I pray right now for all of these who are standing I pray in Jesus name thank you Lord you love them you died for them and I pray right now let life come into them let them experience the life that only you can give Lord where there's been hurt where there's been disappointment God where there's been things where the enemy has tried to destroy their life I pray right now, Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Make alive. And Lord, let today be the day of salvation. A new day in Jesus' name. Come on, let's thank God for it all over this place. Listen to me. Now listen to me.